0: The Introvert's Edge podcast was designed to create a dialogue around introversion to stimulate a discussion around our disadvantages, how we overcome those disadvantages and what we consider our introvert's edge. Together, we're finally going to confront the stigma around introversion, showing that we're not second class citizens. We're just different and we need to embrace that. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Introvert's Edge. And I'm ecstatic to introduce our next guest. Jason Cohen is the founder and CTO of WP Engine, a company that if you have a website you can't not know about. He's kind of taken the world by storm, really, in a lot of ways. And yes, he's another introverted success story. So happy to have you, Jason. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to share your story because there's a couple of things that are really interesting. I mean, the world of website hosting is really really competitive and you've seemed to become one of those staples that that People that know about websites say, well, you've got to use WP Engine. But also, you grew your business really quite quickly to about 50 to 70 employees. And then you started to move, you moved yourself to a, a CTO role and put another CEO in charge. So I think you've got some really unique stories to, to share. And I'd really like to just start, though, from where it all started and, and sort of how you got to, to where you are today. And maybe and, and if you could just in, sort of embed it anywhere that introversion really played a factor in that.
1: Well, I've always wanted to make companies, and uh, I've always had it f- trouble having a regular job and having a regular boss. So, um, I've also always had side projects. Uh, I write code, or at least I used to before. <laughs> before we had uh, almost five hundred employees, and, and of course I haven't written code in years. So that keeps you busy, then. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and uh, uh, so it's easy. It's relatively easy for makers to start something, especially nowadays, where there's so many tools available depending on what it is you make and how it is you want to sell. There's, there's so much stuff available and you can sell to the whole world. So many people do, which is nice. In fact, that's particularly good for introverts because uh, without all those tools, the only way to sell something is you have to get up and sell. and Whether that's through a channel or a direct, that's still you interacting with people. By definition, that's what sales is yeah. or sales requires. So the idea that you could go on an Etsy and not not really interact with people and maybe sell something or have a website in which you're selling something, or maybe you wrote a book, which is often a lonely enterprise, and then try to sell that online. Like, these are all things that uh, actually don't require too much interaction, and yet you can go to a global audience. Uh, of course, the problem is so can everyone else, and so there's a, there's a, it's very hard to compete for attention for those customers, so there's a, there's a kind of two-edged sword to all that.
0: I really want to focus on, because there's a lot of people that I've seen, you know, I, I judge Google Startup Weekend, Angel Hack, and we tell them to go out and validate with the real world about whether or not their idea is any good. And that's like the biggest step for them. It's like, oh, I've got to go and speak to, to real people. Yeah. I'd love to hear about when you came up with the idea of, of, of focusing on WP Engine and creating that, did, did you go out and speak to real people before you put in all the work to, to, to build it into a business?
1: Yeah, I talked to 50 people.
0: Fifty people.
1: And actually, uh, that's only because it worked. and it, you know, In other words, it came out well. I had another idea and even a prototype for a different business maybe six months prior, and I also talked to a lot of people, but that's how I realized that wasn't quite good. I wouldn't say you validate your idea. Usually ideas are okay, pretty good, and anyway they'll change. Yeah. What you're trying to validate is whether it is a business, and that means things like other people think the idea is good, and you can find them, yeah. and you can get in front of them, and when they hit your homepage, you can say something where literally in three seconds they'll decide to stay and find out more instead of bounce off. Um, and then they'll convert, and uh, whether that means a trial or they bought something, whatever conversion means. Um, and then, especially if it's a recurring revenue business, then they come back and buy. Even if it's not recurring revenue, you still want a fan that comes back and buys more stuff, yeah. maybe tells their friends. Um, and at the right price, will they pay that price? Is that easy? Um, is it not too expensive to get in front of them? all of these things are required. If those things aren't true, even if it's the best idea, it won't work. So that's what you're really validating, which is why I think it's important for people not to just talk about their ideas, but instead about these things like price and language. Like half the thing of what you're listening for is, what language does the other person use to describe the problem or the features? Because that's the words you need on your homepage, not the language you have in your mind. People feel like, well, I have the pain myself is often how the idea comes, so therefore I'm like my customer. Yeah. But that, therefore, is wrong, because almost no one starts a company. Yeah. So you're not like your customer, almost by uh, by definition. So you have to find out what the customer is actually like and so on. So this all requires being deep into the mind of the customer, and that requires, of course, interaction. You can't not interact and do that. And also, I say you don't have to sell. What I really mean is you don't have to sell as, as, as your full-time job, like what you do is be on the phone. But there is a lot of selling in startups, whether it's the first employee you're selling, because they probably shouldn't join. That's probably not a good idea. You've got to
0: convince them that you're worth the risk of not going to work for that company that is secure in in hiring their stuff. Yeah,
1: and and that there's some other reason. In other words, I I don't really think people go through a risk calculation, really. Because if they did, you shouldn't do it. it. It's almost always the answer is that the expected value is lower than just continuing your career somewhere at a company that has to pay more because there's no really no other reason to be there, yes. so of course they'll pay more. So there's other reasons. I, I prefer this work. This is going to be fun. Uh, I like the people I'm working with. I get to solve interesting problems. I get to influence the whole organization, the customers. I like, you know, and so on. These these reasons where maybe that there's a mission the company is on that you you believe in. So even if the company were to fail, the fact that you tried to move this mission along was valuable to you. Yes. There's all these reasons. That have nothing to do with risk reward. That are really the reasons why people join. And so, as the founder, you have to be able to out- articulate them because that's how you're going to sell someone um, on joining. Or it's a con- or it's a contractor. Or you're raising money. Or the customers like you, there are customers. And even if you're not uh, selling by talking to them, the homepage is still selling. The whole website's selling, and the product itself. So. Um, It it is selling, and it is convincing, even if it's not, uh, it doesn't have to all be face-to-face, but there's certain pieces of it, like employees or investors, or sometimes customers, tech support, for example, where, of course, by definition, it's interaction. But I think introversion does not mean you cannot interact with people ever. That's not the same thing. Um, So, for example, I know a lot of introverts, and I'm, I'm this way, but I know other people that are, where if I'm at a big party and it's loud, bad. But if I can go to the back porch where it's quiet and there's only three people and we can have a conversation, yeah. then it's good. Now, it's still sometimes I just need to be alone, fine, but that's still a pretty decent environment yeah. that's not the whole hubbub. So I don't think it's a black and white like I'm either alone or with a hundred people yeah. and I, and I and uh also, you know I think a lot of introverts are forced extroverts, meaning you can force yourself to be extroverted a yeah. bit or act that way a bit. Yeah. And that can be fun. In other words, that party where you're in the back and they have a different conversation, that can be fulfilling even for an introvert. Um, you don't wanna do that every single night. But doing that never versus doing it every single night, again, that's, this is not a binary choice. There's, there's middle grounds. Yeah. So I think, especially when you're thinking about things like, uh, well, should I force myself to go to a party? Well, that mean, may or may not be the right question. Maybe the right question is, what am I trying to get out of things or what am I trying to do? What am I trying to accomplish? Um, if I'm just forcing myself because there's some vague notion of I should, it's good for me like bro- broccoli, that's probably a bad reason, don't, because you're not going to get a lot of value out of it, your heart's not in it, you, you in fact will not get the value out of it, that an extrovert might, by meeting people, you're not going to meet that many people because that's not what you're going to do. On the other hand, you could say there's a few people I, uh, there that I want to talk to, my goal is to go in and have conversations with just them. That may be an interesting middle ground, not every night, but sometimes that's useful to you. There's a reason you're trying to talk to these folks, and you can zero in. Um, Or, um, I do need to go network because something or other, um, but I'm going to save up. I'm going to have a quiet night before and after, for example, so I have the energy to do it. And then I'm going to do that energy, but again, why? Because I have a goal. (laughs) So that's why I'm doing it, and I'm going to save up. And and how you do that, that depends on the individual, right? There's not a rule, but these these are various things that might help. So, So the point is to have the actual goal. So let's say you want to start a company and the goals validation, like you're saying, that's what I want to do. I don't want to talk to 50 people, mm-hmm. but, I, but I want a company more than I don't want to talk to 50 people. Now, now that's a reason to sort of get over it and do it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that introverts especially have to have a why for doing those things. I was talking to Ryan and Ryan Dice, who we both know well, and, and he talked about, I didn't want to be the head of my company but I knew I had to be at the start and then I could put people in charge later. And his why was so much stronger than his terror of doing all the things that he didn't want to do. And I, I But I, I'm just imagining a person that wants to be a founder like you, wants to start, whether it be a tech business or an Etsy business, and they want to go out and do this validation, it may not be the, the fact that they're not willing to do it, but maybe they don't know how to ask the right questions. What is How they actually reach out to speak to people to do that validation. I'd love for you to just share with us or talk us through how you went about validating the idea that you didn't go with and then validating the idea that you did go with and maybe explains perhaps some of the difference in responses. Sure.
1: Well, uh, validating stuff is, that, that's a whole, uh, you know, you could write a book, well I guess people have written a book yeah. about that. So I'll, I'll rapid fire give you some things that I think are true for this particular thing. And I don't think it has anything to do with introversion, by the way, this is just yep. what to do for this. So first of all, people often go into these trying to sell, in other words, you want your idea to be validated. Of course you do. It's your idea. <laughs> you know, like, you're very you attached to it. Of course. of course, And also, of course, the whole point is to do just the opposite, to try to shoot holes in it so that you can actually learn. Because if you just uh, uh, validate what you know, by definition you haven't learned anything. And the whole point is to learn the truth about the market, the pe- the, your customers, how they think, what their problems are, what they value, what they pay. The whole point is to learn those things. And So if you're selling and, and, and validating a positive, um, by definition you're not doing that. So people will go in and sell for 45 minutes, essentially. And at the end of the conversation, the customer's like, I guess that sounds pretty good. Well, it better be because you had a halfway different idea and you just talked to them for 45 minutes. Like if, if that didn't work, I mean, I don't know what, but, but it's, this is all wrong, right? This is typically what happens. So then you, you hear people come by and say, look, I talked to five people and oh, they all thought it was a pretty good idea. And to them, that's validation. So here's what you do instead. S- like a scientist, you have to have theories and then you see if they're true. So you literally write down the theories that you think are true. And I did this. So I'd write down things like, I think a digital agency manages many, many websites, like more than 20, typically. I also think they have a problem like keeping all the n- usernames and passwords. Uh, it's either in a document and insecure or something. Anyway, it's annoying or hard or something. I also think that uh, um, they tell their clients what web host to use. So that if they, therefore, if they liked us, then they would just drag us into deals. I also think, whatever, just all these very specific theories. So then you can say, all right, what would I ask that does not lead the witness but is open-ended? Not, yes, no. Not lead the witness, open-ended, that would validate or invalidate the theory. For example, how many websites do you manage? Not do you manage more than 20? Yes, no. See, that's leading and binary. How many websites do you manage? Maybe they say, oh, I don't even manage websites, they make apps, right? Like, yeah. Open-ended questions allow new things to come to light as well than the dimension that you were, had a theory on. Um, how, what do you do to manage those passwords? Um, how does your client decide what web host to use? So these are open-ended questions that, that allow us to they figure out. give you it out.
0: really detailed responses.
1: Yeah, well, because some of your theories will turn out to be true and validated for real, wonderful, <laughs> Or tweaked, like it was. It, the average is actually 15, not 20, but yeah, yeah, right? Some, of course, will be wrong, and now you'll know the truth because you had it open-ended and not just that it's no. Yeah. And, of course, there's the third category. There's stuff you didn't think of in the first place that arose because it was open-ended.
0: Which become features, perhaps, in your, whatever features. you're building.
1: And the other thing they do is turn into new theories. This isn't static. Once you realize this is wrong or this is new... You change. Okay, well, now I think this is the theory. and uh, I've heard these news things, which is really interesting. So now I think, of course, you evolve those things as you're hearing. Now, eventually what you should, if, if things are good, and if you're on the right track, like it was with WP Engine, what happens is the conversations start to become the same. They get boring. Boring because you know what they're going to say because that's how well you understand the customer.
0: It's almost like they could play an audio tape to respond
1: to yeah, the answers. It's like they're either going to say this or that, and depending on that, they're going to say this or that. That's good thing. Boring means you're no longer learning, which means you've, you've got something. And now continuing to do this is not helpful because you're not adding information. Now you've got to actually act. And you'll still be surprises. you won't be exactly right. But it's time to do something else. You, this can system, right? you, you can mm. now build it into a system,
0: right? You can now create a website with the right messaging because you know
1: what they're thinking. M- maybe, but you'll be wrong again. You know, it's just that this particular way of doing it is no longer helping. You will now need to act and learn that way. By A-B testing a website, by building a product, by actually charging and seeing if they pay, which is different if they say they'll pay and if they do. You have to new things now for, for learning. This, this path no longer helpful. But uh, as you ask, like, well, that's, that's good if it worked. What about um, when it doesn't work? What does that look like? Because you do the same technique. But if, so when, it, when it doesn't work, the way it looks is um, you, can, you, you don't get to that boring phase. This person says yes. This person says no to this thing. So it's not clear. Or this person says, uh, so for example, in this other idea, no one could agree on the price. So one person would say, look, I would never pay for this for a regular site, but I would totally use it for free. And then if I got value out of it and I saw that and I went over some limit, then I would probably pay $20 a month. Then the next person would say, oh, yeah, small business will never use this, but enterprise would love it. You need to charge $20,000 a month plus. You need to sell it through agencies that will bring it in and you could rev share with them a little, and so everyone's making money. That's what you've got to do. That's who's going to love this. Then I talk to the next person, and they say, absolutely, a small business ought to pay $49 a month for this because whatever reason. The next one said, advertisers would love this, but not not marketers because blah, 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 blah.
0: So you would have been forced into scattershot marketing if you hadn't done the all, idea.
1: Well, well, the point is it's not an idea. It's not, a, it's not a business because like it was unclear, like, who and why and, and what does it cost and why would they buy it and what – it's not clear, it's divergent. So that's that means you're not alighting on the uh, a truth that seems, universal is a strong word, but universal enough <laughs> yeah. that, that, wow, there must be a market for this. Um, there's enough people who, who say this one thing. So that doesn't, the other idea, maybe it was good if you had selected one of those paths and then again tried to get more customers in that path and see that could have been another way. Yeah. Instead I just thought, well, clearly there are some good ideas because everyone thought it was interesting, yeah. um, but it's not coalescing. It's, this sounds too hard. It feels too hard. I'm going to move on. And, and again, that's why I really feel like it's not validating the idea. I had a good idea. Yeah. It's validating the business.
0: That makes perfect sense. And thank you for sharing that, Josh. I, I think a lot of people really struggle with asking those questions. And it can feel like selling because you're trying to share somebody your idea. And you're kind of emotionally invested in that because it's your idea. How, do you, how did you um, disconnect from wanting the successful outcome?
1: So first of all, when you hear how I listed those theories, the idea wasn't in there. I didn't ask them about features. I'm trying to figure out what's their world like, what would they pay for? At the end, you can ask, would you pay to make this go away? Or if you had this feature, would that solve this thing? You could ask that. Um, How do you disconnect is this. If if your idea is not awesome, because let's put it this way, Startups are always trying to die like a, like an infant, right? It's always about to die. And usually they do. They succeed in committing suicide, right? And so you want a lot of things to be right at the beginning because there's so many other ways for it to die anyway. You've got to stack the deck a little bit. Just you kinda wanna feel like
0: you've captured lightning in a bottle and you want to be proven that you've caught lightning you in a bottle. You want to know there's
1: at least 50 customers because I talk to them. And they'll definitely pay fifty to hundred dollars. I don't know exactly, but like that's the range. I mean, these are all variables that if they're if they're not if they're not going to work, it's, it's going to fail. I've got to at least have some of these variables solved because there's still the other 40 that, that might and probably will sink the company. I've got to get some things. So if you go in and you're not honestly trying to find those things, it is going to fail anyway. That is what's going to happen. And you will have wasted a year or two instead of wasting a month or two. So you, you, have, to, you have to do this so that you find out sooner because you're going to find out. There's no doubt you're going to find out. That will happen. How much of your life are you going to waste? How first? much money are you going to spend? Money and well, in, li- in life, in lifespan, yeah. you're not getting younger. Like every single year that you're living is the best year you're going to have <laughs> in terms of your ability and energy, and you know. Definitely. So, like, you don't have that time to waste. That's the one thing. Even if you ha- do or don't have money, what we d- all definitely don't have is extra time.
0: <laughs> definitely, and I, I think that's really great advice because. A lot of people listening might be thinking, it's painful to get cult- told no and I'm going to defend my idea. You actually want them to defend them saying yes, that they want it, because you're about to invest all this time, all this money, into building something that you think they want. And it's horrible to find out later to get the rejection once you've built it.
1: It's so much worse. That also why you can't talk to friends about it.
0: So who did you speak to? Who did you seek out to ask these questions and how did you reach out to them?
1: Well, um, by the time I did WP Engine, I had done, you know, some startups, and, so I was, and I was blogging, and so I knew a lot of people, and so it was not too hard for me to get um, in front of people. But um, let me share this technique, which um, I also used, but did, wh- where I was not leveraging, you know, maybe some, an audience that I built. Um, I wanted to find out what we should build for freelancers specifically. And so what I did is I went to LinkedIn, and it's very easy to find freelancers, because they want to be found. That's how they get business, and so it's easy to find them on LinkedIn. There's a lot of roles uh, at companies and things that are easy to find on LinkedIn based on title and whatnot. Okay. So I sent her, I would send out an email that said, um, I'm trying to do some research on this topic uh, because I'm trying to build a tool for people like you. And now, here's the key. I said, but uh, I I, val- I know that you trade time for money, and I value that, and I'm not trying to get free advice. I genuinely value your opinion, and therefore I'm willing to... Sp- pay whatever you would like to charge for one hour of your time um, for this, and the result is almost everyone said, oh, I'm happy to do it for free. Why? Because it's weird to charge someone for one hour. And uh, what you did, what I did by that is show that I respect them in their time. I'm not trying to mooch off of them. I'm not picking their brain. All this nonsense that is is actually disrespectful. That's hugely right? important, Jane. I'm just yeah. proving that I re- actually respect, I actually want to know, and I'm not trying to take advantage of them by offering that. But the, res- the, the reciprocity is very few people ask. So something like two people out of 50 actually quoted me something. So then I talked to the other people. I just didn't talk yeah. to them. <laughs> Never mind. Um, or you could pay. Uh, whatever, yeah. right? Like There's, there's different avenues but that's that's what happens and of course there's ways other than linkedin it's just an example that that pretty much anyone can try
0: no i think that works and you know i get people all the time sending emails saying can i just buy you a coffee or can i pick your brain for 15 20 minutes and it happens three or four times a day and i can't speak to all of them and no one's ever tried that technique with me i would have totally done it for free (laughs) so everyone watching please don't just all of a sudden hammer my (laughs) inbox but yeah the the you're so right because those questions can i just pick your brain I, yeah, I, I mean, I created small business festival, which you gave your time to speak at, because I want to help people. It's not that I don't. It's just that you only have a certain number of hours in your day. And for somebody that says, hey, I value you, I respect your time, but I want this. And if you if you want me to pay, I'll pay. I would have totally been open to that. So yeah, that's there's a, a lot great of it, idea. I
1: mean, the, the general thing is you got to give something, too. It shouldn't be a one-way thing. Um, and then you're probably asking someone that has no time. So that's, that's, that's a bad combination. So one way is maybe you probably do have something to offer. Hey, you know, I noticed that you do blah, 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 blah. I know a few people here. I've I've just sent intros to them already. Also, I'd like to have coffee. Like, just do it already. Don't trade. Just freaking do it. Just, you know, right? That's interesting. Or maybe you have data. I've already done 10 customer interviews. I found some interesting stuff I'd love to share just because it's fascinating. But it's still a puzzle. And so I'd like to meet and talk about blah, 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 blah. That actually is kind of neat to, to get some, some new insight into something. That could be a gift, some knowledge that you have.
0: So what's valuable an, to the one, person?
1: Yeah, but another one is just being respectful at all, right? Like you're yeah. saying, that's not even a physical gift. And of course, I definitely don't mean a physical, right? Yeah. That, that, that's, uh, that's something else altogether. Just give something yeah. <laughs> like that, right?
0: Definitely. Well, Chase, that, that's really great value. And I, I know a lot of people they do. They build their idea for years in the garage or, or they build an online website and for years, try it, and they've never actually spoken to real people. And a lot of times they'd find the 50 customers, just speaking to 50 potential people could have saved all that heartache. So I think that's really powerful advice. So I really thank you for sharing it.
1: Here's the converse. I can't think of any startups that labored in secret for two years and then were successful when they launched. Like that's not the startup story. That isn't it.
0: Actually, I can't. I can't think and of anyone that hit. And maybe it there is, like,
1: oh well, there's this one time. Well, there you go. Okay, one out one of a hundred. Well, that's that's terrible odds. That therefore, that's not the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that's I think that's amazing advice. And everybody that's out there that is thinking about a new business idea, take this advice, please, because I've seen so many businesses fail. I've seen, you know, I've judged Angel Hack, and we've, you know, we've. Voted against people because they haven't done this validation because we're trying to avoid their heartache if if they're not willing to go out and do this They shouldn't be in business for themselves because you you think about it you, You've got a family if you had have not validated then you would have It would have cost not just you it would have cost everybody in your network Huge amounts of stress by you not doing that.
1: There's probably some uh, some like um, negative feedback cycle the more time you've spent sunk into it the more you need it to work and, yeah. and, and, and yet the less likely it is that it will work and you don't want to give that up. And so there's probably that negative feedback cycle happening.
0: <laughs> Before you get too much sunk cost, just, just yeah. call it quits. Yeah. Yeah. No, I th- and look, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try your idea. It just means talk to some real people to make sure uh, that th- the idea really does have legs and the business has legs. Well, Jason, I, I want to ask you a thousand more questions. And I, I know we're getting to the end of this segment, especially around the fact that, you know, your trajectory from starting a company to making the decision to become the CTO instead of the CEO of your business. So we might pick that up in the next session, but I really thank you for joining me for, for this episode. I appreciate it. Sure. This is fun. <laughs> and thank you for everyone that's tuned in today. If you're enjoying this episode, make sure you catch the second half at theintrovertsedge.com forward slash Jason. And if you are enjoying this episode, please help us get this higher and higher in the iTunes charts so that we can make sure more introverts get access to this information and start becoming more successful in their businesses and in their lives. Please subscribe, post a review, you know, share this with your friends so that we can start helping more people together. But thank you for joining me and I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Cheers. I'm Matthew Pollard, the author of The Introvert's Edge to Networking. I'm on a mission to help introverts to be proud of who we are. For the first time, you'll learn a process for networking that feels comfortable and authentic to you as an introvert. A process that doesn't feel salesy or awkward in any
1: way. I saw at least half of my board members, three in particular, that I can think of that now are so comfortable in literally going up to people at events, all of a sudden I can see the confidence.
0: Most of the networking books and literature out there really focus on hardcore tactics designed for extroverts. As introverts, we're different and we need to embrace that. We need a system that allows us to channel our natural introverted strengths into the networking room you will learn how to be successful at face-to-face networking and a masterful online networker on your terms.
1: It's beautifully written and it provides tremendous value. So I, I, I am honored to, to say, folks, if you haven't looked at the book, you really need to check out this guy's book. It's, it's excellent.
0: It gives you that confidence to truly be yourself, knowing that you're going to be presenting yourself in a way that is authentic and will also really resonate with the person that you're talking with. One of the things you'll love about the Introverts Edge to Networking is it's jam packed full of more than 20 stories of introverts just like you. People that have likely started in much tougher spots than where you are right now and how they've leveraged the strategies that you'll be learning to obtain phenomenal career and small business success. I was about to give up on my business. The results started coming in right away. In fact, a year later, The Chamber of Commerce awarded me the business of the year. (laughs) You need to go read his book because everything he does is what people need whether they're an introvert or not. I've been fortunate to receive endorsements from some exceptional introverts like Neil Patel and Ivan Meisner, the founder of the world's largest networking group, BNI. What I love about The Introvert's Edge is that it talks about the things that make an introvert successful. The introvert's edge to networking is going to destroy all of the barriers that you have around whether success in networking is possible for you. Now I'm up to kind of five figures, you know, triple my prices or more. It was like the deals just kept coming in and coming in. And it, I mean, it was incredible. Like I had never seen anything like it before. I was able to triple my revenue and that happened within six months. We've gone from 10 million a year to 20 million a year. I wrote the Introverts Edge to networking after the success of the first in the Introverts Edge series, which focused on sales. I decided that it was just as important, perhaps even more so, that we had a networking book that was designed to help us as introverts dominate in the networking room and in online networking that was specifically written for us. So if you're an introvert, don't delay. Head to the introvertsedge.com forward slash networking to get access to the first chapter of my
1: new book completely for free today.